Dmitry Orlov contract talks and the stadium game tomorrow, next on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the latest with the contract talks for Dmitry Orloff. Yes, we know that every blue liner in the Capitals is due for a new contract that's on the blue line, except for John Carlson. Some interesting questions uh, suffice to say. So we'll talk about that in the show with the latest with Dmitry Orlov's contract. Then we will talk about trade rumors. Uh, it is an interesting time of the year to be a fan of the NHL is, you know, all the different names that are swirling around. And what would this team be like with this guy on the team and that guy? And any are any of those players destined to come to the Capitals? We'll talk about that in the show. And then to close out the show, we will talk about the stadium series game tomorrow in Carolina. But just to get it going here, talking about Dmitry Orloff, a guy that is just one of the ultimate blue liners out there, in my opinion, a good two-way defenseman. So he's a good defender, of course, but he also has an offensive scoring touch to him and just a big, strong guy out there too, as well. So it's easy. It's not easy to, to push him off the puck and he is he can hold his own out on the ice. Some of the defenders out there, you can see that, you know, if they, especially if they have a smaller frame, uh, sometimes it's easy to push them around. Not the case for Dmitry Orloff, and he has been a steady force his entire tenure on this team. So the story I'm going to talk about next uh, is from Pierre Lebron. He was talking about contract talks and kind of what's going on with the latest with Dmitry Orloff. It seems to me that uh, term is the big sticking point with his contract. Um, and ultimately, if the two sides can come together as far as the term and the length of his contract, is it going to be possible? Uh, with the trade deadline just two weeks away and the team carrying 12 pending free agents, the Caps face several questions while continuing the playoff push. And one of those is Dmitry Orloff, writes Washington Hockey Now. Per the Athletics' Pierre LeBron, the Caps have been discussing an extension with Orloff, who will become an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. However, the discussions haven't gone according to plan so far. And uh, that is the rumblings that I'm hearing. And I'll talk about that here in a second is the term. As we know that Dmitry Orlov signed that six-year extension uh, last time. So he is looking for a lengthy contract. And, you know, I would be a bit hesitant to give someone uh, a blue liner or pretty much anyone on the team a really long deal, like say a five-year deal, considering uh, that this team is going to be facing a rebuild at some point. We know that's going to be happening. Um, is it worth it to give Dmitry Orloff, let's say, a five-year deal? Uh, again, generally, I wouldn't say that's the case, but being that there is 
So much uncertainty surrounding the Caps blue line, being that John Carlson is the only blue liner under contract, and Dmitry Orlov has a solid value. He is uh, one heck of a defender out there. I would ultimately give Dmitry Orlov that big deal. Um, it's not like the team is going away after Alex Ovechkin retires, and I understand everything that I've been hearing from all the different people that, you know, we're facing a rebuild at some point. Well, that's fine. We're still going to need a blue liner out there. And for me right now, Dmitry Orlov would be a solid guy to extend to a long-term deal. Because ultimately, if you move on from Dmitry Orlov, who is going to fill that role that well? I mean, there's a lot of blue liners out there, but there's not a lot of them out there that are on par with what Dmitry Orlov brings to the table, especially since John Carlson is out of the lineup. It sounds like term is signif a significant issue, LeBron wrote. Unless one side or the other softens, there won't be an extension anytime soon. And uh, we don't want this to go to uh, July 1st, uh, free agency, and have him test the open market because it is my belief that he will get scooped up right away. There are a lot of teams that would be vying for Dmitry Orlov's services. Through 41 games this season, Orlov has three goals and 16 assists and a plus-minus rating of plus minus five, or excuse me, plus five rather. He has been taking on the role of the Capitals number one blue liner in eating big minutes with John Carlson on the long-term injured reserve after taking a slap shot uh, to the face on December 23rd. The Russian is coming off a six-year extension he signed with the team back in 2017. And my how time flies. I remember where I was when I heard he got that contract because this was also big news back then. Um, I remember I was, I, I'm a big uh, mountain biker. I more so when, before I had kids, but I was a big biker back in the day and a uh, big Caps fan. And I'm, there was all this turmoil wondering if, you know, Dmitry Orlov's going to come back. And, you know, he was a big name back then even. And then I took a break and I saw the Caps came to terms with Dmitry Orlov. And I remember being pretty psyched about that because at the time he was a, an up and comer and uh, still has always kind of just lived up to who he's always been. So that's why I'm always kind of been a pro uh, Dmitry Orlov. There's never anything about his game that I think he needs to work on. He's a real solid player, uh, kind of a quiet guy, sticks to himself, but you know, takes care of business when he's out on the ice. Looking at the Washington's blue line situation, Carlson is the only defender signed through the end of the season as the seven other defensemen on the roster are pending UFAs and RFAs. Despite being far apart in the conversation so far, LeBron said Orlov's name hasn't come up in trade talks and the team wants him to be a part of the team's run for the postseason. Still nothing's out of the realm of possibility, especially with GM Brian McClellan likely to make last minute decisions based on where the caps are health wise and standing wise. Still LeBron believes the Washington will add not sell at the deadline. And you know, I guess that remains to be seen. I guess it remains to be seen how the caps play between now and in March 3rd, a lot of things can change, suffice it to say. Uh, but I have had this belief, and I have it all along, that this week was an, an interesting measuring stick for the Caps. So you take a look at last week. The Caps pick up that big win against the Bruins, and I'm riding a high of confidence and swagger. Yes, this team is back. The next day, 
they play the San Jose Sharks and it was deflating. And then they played the Hurricanes and they lost and that was deflating. And then they played the Panthers and lost yet again and that was deflating. So here we are at this litmus test, this measuring stick. And I got to say that it's not too favorable for the Caps right now. They do have the game tomorrow uh, at the Stadium Series game in Carolina. Um, and it is it means a lot. There's a lot of impact to this game. And why is there? Well, for one, it's a good measuring stick for the Capitals because the Hurricanes are in first place in the Metro division. So that's a good kind of test to see what you have in the tank, because when you make it to the playoffs, you're going to be playing tough teams. And also it's Metro division points. So if you can pick up points, it will help you make headway potentially in the standing. So that is why it's big. Um, the Caps have fallen short all of this season, fallen short of their marks. Um, so that is why it's an inter interesting measuring stick. But back to Dmitry Orloff. Um, uh, to having him on the team and you know this why I tied that in there is LeBron was talking about the capitals will be adding not selling uh, again I guess that remains to be seen I you know I'm again I'm a huge Dmitry Orlov fan but you know if the team feels like it's tanking and they can't come to terms with the term of Dmitry Orlov's contract maybe they would trade him I mean I guess if they don't think it's going to get done then that's what it's going to be unless you're just going to have him go all the way to July 1st and let him walk and get nothing that's craziness right there. So there are a lot of tough questions for the Caps going forward, most notably on the blue line. Um, uh, Brian McClellan is going to have to do some soul searching and seeing ultimately what the Caps have. So also in The Athletic, they were talking about the, could the Caps sell Dmitry Orloff? The Caps have had contract talks with pending UFA Dmitry Orloff, but it sounds like term is a significant issue. The 31-year-old top four defenseman is in the last year of a six-year deal carrying a $5.1 million average annual value. I haven't heard his name mentioned anywhere in trade talks, but I also think Caps GM Brian McClellan is closely assessing his team leading up to March 3rd and will make his buying-selling decision based on where the team is in the standings and how it's trending. Are they a team headed in the right direction? You don't want to ask that question. Are they finally healthy or should they listen last minute on a guy like Orloff if it looks like uh, they're a first round fodder? Again, that I just talked about that. So that's interesting. We're in lockstep there. Tough call. I'm not sure it will be much easier on March 3rd either. Right now, I think the Caps would rather add they have battled through injury adversity to be where they are with a chance to make the playoffs. Still, if Columbus is, is successful in its bid to get a first-round pick plus another asset for pending UFA Vatislav Garakov, uh, I would imagine the bar would be tangible higher for a guy like Orlov. So, it is an interesting position for the Caps to be in, uh, being that Dmitry Orlov has great value. Is he going to give the Capitals any kind of home team discount? Perhaps on the money side of things, but not on the term. It seems like he wants to be locked, <clears throat> excuse me, up in the long term on whatever team he plays on. And he is he has earned that right. Uh, he has been a steady force in the NHL and the Capitals in particular. Uh, there are other uh, intangibles. Will he stay on this team because his fellow countryman Alex Ovechkin is here? Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, that kind of thing. There's got to be a certain bond on that level as well. But uh, ultimately, I don't think that that would be enough to sway him about not leaving a team. Um, but it is interesting going forward. Ultimately, I am pro Dmitry Orloff. I would love to see him get a new deal. However, if it does appear that the Caps are far apart and his camp doesn't want to soften its demands, 
then I think a trade is the only option. And that is a really tough thing for me to say, because like I say, I've been a fan of his for quite some time. And, uh, but you know, that's what I'm talking about. And, and here I am kind of uh, doing the same thing that I accuse everyone else of doing is having kind of these sentimental attachments or, you know, just, I followed this team for so long and I've watched him play hockey for so long that uh, I've kind of lost focus that this is a, a business at the end of the day. It's a show business, not show happy. And uh, the business of hockey must go on. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the other free agents. Yes, this is my favorite time of year. Why is it? Because there's all this talk about what could be, what should be, what teams are getting better, what teams are getting worse. We'll talk about that and much more next. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you wanna eat healthier but don't wanna compromise on taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You gotta try Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. So, what makes these things so good? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And I, guys, I've talked to you for the longest time about how you can buy these bars on built.com but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to continue talking about the potential of trades and where players might end up. And uh, it is a fun time of year for me to, to think about the possibilities. Could the Capitals be getting a lot better with movement at the deadline? Are they going to be sellers and moving on from some players that we've grown to love? It is a possibility, and Caps fans, you better brace yourself. A Friday marks two weeks to the NHL trade deadline, and I get the sense some bubble teams are going to wait most of those two weeks before deciding on how assertive they will be in making moves. We'll see how hockey, goes, how hockey games go in the next few weeks, and if the, in, that influences us in one direction or the other, Kraken General Manager Ron Francis told me last week, uh, this story in the athletics. So it's not just the Capitals. There are a lot of questions for a lot of teams, these bubble teams, these teams on the fringe uh, that they're going to have to answer. Do they assess that they are going to be making a push? Are they one good player or two good players or a goalie away from being a contender? Then I think a lot of teams are going to be buyers, but there's teams potentially like the Capitals that could be sellers if their GM, in this case, Brian McClellan, perceives that they're not ready to make a push. He might as well have been talking about the Flames, Capitals, and six or seven other teams as well. Every single game for those teams has been a, a big bearing on the deadline decision. Every win or loss, every injury, it's all impactful. It's such an intense time of year. I can sense the stress in the voice of NHL front office people. Perhaps nowhere is more true than Nashville. My sense of the situation is that the Predators need to get uh, on, a, on a heater here and they need to get healthy and they need to start playing better. But there's other teams other than the Capitals that are kind of on the bubble, on the fringe, 
on the possibility of making it to the playoffs. And just in the Metro alone, see the Penguins, see the Islanders, um, you know, and it's getting neck and neck on top of the Metro. You take a look at the Canes, the Devils, the Rangers, they're stockpiling, you know, they're taking out all their guns. You know, the New York Rangers signed Tarasenko. They were intent on doing big things. Are the Islanders going to make a big splash? We know that they signed Bo Horvat, but is that the end of it? Lou Lamarillo is a guy that likes to hold his cards close to his vest. Maybe he is. That's just the beginning of bigger and better things. But ultimately, I think the Achilles heel on that team is a former assistant coach that is now the head coach of the Islanders, Lou Lambert. Yeah, they've moved on from Barry Trotz in favor of Lou Lambert. Does that make a lot of sense? Or Lane Lambert, excuse me. The names slip as time goes on here. But Lane Lambert, was he a better option than Barry Trotz? Heck no. I, I I still, you know, Lou Lamarillo has made some good decisions in his uh, tenure as GM and briefly coach um, that, um, but I do not see eye to eye with what he did there. Um, if the weekend goes poorly for the Predators, as I discussed on TSN's Insiders Training on Thursday, my understanding is that veteran GM David Poyle will be ready to open the phone lines and listen on almost anyone Almost anyone. Hmm. That's an interesting thing to say. Who do we know that got traded away from the Capitals to the Predators in a really horrible deal? I've got it. I've got it. Philip Forsberg. Oh, I get the answer. What do I win? Um, So (laughs) this still haunts me to this day. I remember being at work. My phone goes off and I hear the Caps made a trade. So I'm intrigued, of course. I open the Twitter app and what do I see? The Caps traded Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. And I'm still baffled, and all these years later, I still can't believe that this happened, and I think that it was a horrible move by George McPhee, and I heard a lot of convoluted things that, you know, there was an underlying health issue and all this different kind of stuff here. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing to make it right by bringing Philip Forsberg back to the Capitals? Is that ultimately going to be the case? Highly unlikely, I gotta say, based on his contract, but... He what did he say in that in that piece there that David Poyle would be willing to listen to almost anyone? Um, I would be willing to move some pieces to to finally undo that wrong that was done to Philip Forsberg and the Caps fans. And I know I should get over it. That was years ago, and he's not even the same player anymore. And the interesting thing in the whole deal for the Capitals that Michael Lotta was the diamond in the rough there. Marty Erat was never anything for the Capitals. He was never really much of a player ever, um, you know, maybe in his younger day, but he never really even jumped off the score sheet for the Caps. So I I say that, you know, I just should move on from that, but I'm having a little bit of a hard time. I just think to myself, wouldn't that be something if they could make that right again? So Matthias Ekholm, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, uh, Michael Granlin, Nito Niederreiter, if the Predators fall out, it's over the next week. I truly believe the team will be ready to listen on all those players and more. So I notice his name is not on that list, of course, uh, because of his contract. But any of the, I mean, I would be ears for Matthias Ekholm, uh, Matt Duchesne, Nino Niederreiter. Those are all big names. Of course, the Caps could be better with them. But there are also, you know, other big names out there, most notably Timo Meyer. Where is he going to go? If you're a fan of the NHL in general and you listen to NHL radio or TSN, if you're up in Canada, you hear the name Timo Meyer and Chickering from Arizona Coyotes as all the time is where are they going to move? Where are they going to land? Timo Meyer, one of the interesting dynamics in the chase for Timo Meyer is how teams are approaching it differently 
My sense is if the Devils end up with Meyer, it's got to be with a player signed to an extension. But on the flip side, the Hurricanes are open-minded about that. They're okay acquiring Meyer and not worrying about the contract in the here and now. Both the Devils and Hurricanes have been in regular contact with the Sharks over the past two weeks. We'll talk about stockpiling and showing your guns. I mean, I think the Devils could probably run away with it if they sign someone like Timo Meyer. Same goes for the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes don't really need any help. It's all about the Devils and the Hurricanes. And, and uh, you know, if you would have told me this 10 years ago that it would have been the Devils and the Hurricanes at the top of the Metro. Um, well, it wasn't even called the Metro back then, but you know what I'm talking about. I, I would have laughed because that wouldn't have been the case. I understand that the Hurricanes have won a Stanley Cup somewhat recently, but they also were quite horrible for a few years there as well. In any event, I do think that there are a lot of Metro teams that are kind of showing their guns and they're like putting them on the table like, this is what we're going to do. What are you going to do? And the Capitals are still just sitting in the corner drinking their beer, not really doing anything, kind of just a barfly. You know, kind of looking at the room and what's going on. But, you know, and why aren't they making the big moves? Because they're looking at their cards and they're thinking to themselves, I don't know if this hand's going to get it done. I don't know if this hand's going to get it done. Do I want to put all my cards in and make a big move? What if he's got better cards? It's an interesting question, you know, and it's a tough thing for the Capitals to do right now. Do they have the right cards to make a push? You know, in the offseason, it was my belief, my contention that Brian McClellan, and I still believe it right now, did everything he could possibly do. You think about it. He went out and signed Darcy Kemper. He signed Charlie Lindgren and Connor Brown and Dylan Strom and Gustafson and all these players to help solidify this team. But this aging team is starting to come into focus. Um, you're starting to see Oshie in and out and in and out and in and out out of the lineup. Nick Backstrom. Hip resurfacing procedure done. Tom Wilson, you know, the guy that was the Mr. Tough guy has been injured quite a bit here as of late. John Carlson almost losing an ear. It's been rough for the Capitals. Let's just be honest. If this season ended today, you'd be like, let's put a fork in this one. It's been brutal. And uh, it's been brutal on a lot of different fronts. I, the only thing I can hope for is if they don't make it this year, that next year's better. It's got to be better next year, right, guys? Um, but, I mean, I, it's not all doom and gloom. There is still the potential that they could make this push, that they could go on and do great things, right? I really want to believe, I really want to drink that Capitals Kool-Aid right now and get drunk on it and believe that they're going to the Stanley Cup. But then there's that skeptical, that cynical part of me that's like, uh, I, I just don't see it. I see the wheel starting to wobble more and more and more. When the season started, it seems like they were going down the track in such a straight line. And then all of a sudden the injuries the wheels started wobbling more. And they righted the ship in December, but then we come to January and the wheels wobbling again. And it's lessened a little bit in February, but it's still not the way it, where it was in December. I think that the Caps, if they don't do well the rest of this week, so what is left, the Canes, and then next week, then ultimately there's a good chance they could be sellers. I would love to be wrong. Ultimately, though, you know, I would love to, you know, and it's not the, the first time I've been wrong. I'll admit I'm wrong. I was wrong about Marcus Johansson. I was kind of skeptical about the Capitals bringing him back to this team. As it turns out, it ended up being a pretty good move. Number two on the Capitals right now in goals. In 2023, Marcus Johansson, number two. I'm not talking about him here 10 years ago. Present day blows my mind to think about it. I would have never thought that. But that's what's interesting about following this team. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the Stadium Series game. I love these games, and the Capitals have a great history. Could this be the thing that gets them going on the right track? We'll talk about that next.
Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Stadium Series game and how this has historically gone in the Capitals' favor, and can we expect the continued success? What do I remember about the Stadium Series games? Well, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me, of course, is Steckel laying out Sidney Crosby in the stadium series game. I'll never forget that. Just an annihilation, just, uh, just an all out explosion and, uh, subsequent, and I don't wish any harm on anyone. I'm, I'm not glad that, that Crosby got injured on that particular play, but you know, when, when you're a Capitals fan and you're playing your biggest foe in the moment when you're watching it, you're like, yes, that was just devastation. And it felt good. Um, but, you know, I respect Sidney Crosby for who he is. He's one heck of a hockey player. But anyway, I digress. Let's talk about the Stadium Series game. I love them. I hope you love them, too. Playing outdoors has been Garnet Hathaway's bucket list since he entered in the NHL in 2015, writes The Athletic. On Saturday, after an eight-year wait, the Caps veteran will finally get to strike it off when he and his teammates visit the Carolina Hurricanes for the NHL's annual Stadium Series game at the Carter-Finley Stadium home of the NC State Wolfpack. I love these outdoor games. I really feel fortunate to be able to do this, Hathaway said. It's been going to be different. I'm going to get a lot of tips from guys about how to prepare and how it's going to be different from the Capital One Arena. Hathaway, who played pond hockey on his family's farm in Kenny Bunkport, Maine, as a boy, has no shortage of teammates to lean on for advice. In fact, he's one of just five full-timers on Washington's roster yet to appear in one. Joining veteran wingers Connor Sherry and Sonny Milano, second-year defenseman Martin Faravari, and backup goalie Charlie Lindgren, Darcy Kemper was in Minnesota's backup when they wild-hosted Chicago in 2016. So it is going to be a fun experience for them. It's a fun game to watch. I love watching these. The Capitals are 3-0 all-time in outdoor games, having claimed Winter Classic victories over Pittsburgh in 2011, which I alluded to, Chicago in 2015, as well as a stadium series win over Toronto in 2018. 20. 2018, it just boggles my mind. It feels like I, I remember I was watching that in my living room. It seems like it was last year. It's really crazy, guys, how fast time goes the older you get. But in any event, a victory on Saturday would tie the New York Rangers 4-0-0 in Boston, 4-1-0 for the most wins. Carolina, on the other hand, is making its first appearance outdoors through 10 players on the Hurricanes' 23-man roster have made appearances at a previous NHL stop. So this is boding well for the Capitals. I love it. Um, I might even hop on and do a podcast. It all depends upon if my kids want to take a nap and go to bed at the end of the night. But that's how that's the nature of the beast. We generally don't do shows on the weekend. However, uh, if the Caps pick up a nice big win and, you know, I'm feeling the victory, maybe I'll hop on the podcast for a little while. But I am excited about this. I know I love the history of it. And I love how this could help maybe kind of shift that momentum in the right direction. Kind of just take that eraser and wipe the whiteboard clean. Just erase it all. The chalkboard depends on what era you're from. And uh, just to kind of start all over again, kind of a fresh start. And to kind of, this is almost like crunch time. Like, you know, an essay is coming or a test. And uh, now the test is for the Capitals between this game and March 3rd to just take your 
foot and put it all the way to the floor on the gas pedal and give it everything you've got. You know, and it's not even about that. Players are fighting for their jobs because they know they might get shifted out of Washington. See Anthony Mantha. You see him really engaged. You see him hitting. You see him being a shoot-first player instead of a pass-first player. They know that their jobs are on the line, not only for the Capitals, but for the NHL at large. Big questions abound for a lot of players. Lars Eller as well, an established name in the National Hockey League. You know, all things considered, played pretty well for the Capitals this season, but the last year of his deal. Same thing goes for a lot of the Blue Liners. I do believe that you could see the Caps move on from maybe one, two, maybe even three Blue Liners if the perception is, is that they're out because we know that they're not all going to come back. So you may as well get something in return before you lose the rights altogether. Martin Farivari and Alexiev are the only restricted free agents on the blue line. A lot of questions remain, a lot of uncertainty for me. I know the two names that we always hear that are on the verge of doing big things is Lucas Johansson and Alex Alexiev, but it's never come to fruition you know, that's the thing about some of these younger defensemen. And I know there's Vincent Iorio and all these guys that are going to be good someday. We need guys that are good today. Otherwise, I mean, following this team year after year after year after this, maybe, you know, we well, we're not going to make any big moves until Alex Ovechkin is done. So what, are we just going to tank for the next few years waiting for Alex Ovechkin to retire? I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think it's going to be small incremental moves similar to the Dylan Strom, the Sonny Milano kind of thing. But I don't know what the Caps are going to do on the trade deadline. I love it. I always take the day off of work. I do it now because I covered for Locked On, but I've taken it off of work for like the last 10 years because I love it. Just glued to the TV, you know, get a pizza and, and have your favorite beverage and sit back and be entertained. I love it. This is my favorite time of year, and I hope it is yours as well because buckle up, kids. It's going to be a wild ride till the end of the season. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.